and hear all you who fear the Lord, and I will tell you what he has done for my soul. I cried to him with my mouth, and high praise was on my tongue. In a deceptive and backwards world, we are starved for true identity, purpose, and most of all, hope. We want to be loved, encouraged, and known. We are desperate for a tribe to rejoice with, lament with, and to break bread with as his kingdom comes. This season on Basket Full of Bread, you will hear more stories of God's resurrecting power and biblical heart transformations that have altered future generations. We will armor up and I'll pray for you and all the saints. And together, we will see God's promises unfold and petition to be overcomers. We will marinate in the book of Romans, belly laugh, chat about heaven-sent approaches for healing, see the miraculous in Juniper, rope Matt into some Matt chats, and God willing, there will be a beautiful birth story along the way. Hi, you guys. My name is Bethany, and I'm grateful you're here. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Basketful of Bread. My name is Bethany. I'm so grateful you're here. Um, I'm so excited to just update you guys on the journey of where I'm headed and with this fourth baby. I'm so excited because there's just already, the Lord has already gone before me and I want to just testify and I want to just encourage you guys and share. This is probably going to be a couple little episodes just so that it doesn't get too long. Um, but I want us to turn to the book of Judges. So hop hop on to your word or just listen because I'm going to read to you. Um, we're going to be in the book of Judges, Judges 6. So let's do it. Future Bethany here. I know you guys. It's the microphone thing. I already had been working on these and recording these. And so the microphone thing, you know, it's kind of a little back and forth situation. Thank you for bearing with me again. I'm switching back to my old telegraph system unless I'm doing like a sit down interview with somebody else because then I can actually hear their voice. So... This is hopefully the last episode where you're going to hear me by myself sounding. Okay. Okay. Love you guys. If you're just tuning in, um, I have shared all of my birth stories on here. The flock series are the stories of my two older children, hospital births, lots of drama, um, very entertaining. And then the redemption series is my home birth with Junie girl um, very supernatural and amazing. Um, and so most people have assumed that I'm going to be having a home birth with this baby. And I, I kind of did early on too, until it came time for me to schedule an appointment with, with the midwife. I just, oh, I, I was really dragging my feet. You guys, I was like, Oh, I just don't know. Like I, I just like, wasn't eager to reach out to her and be like, get on schedule, blah, blah. I, and I, and I knew, I knew it was the Lord mess, you know, doing his thing with my heart and being like, Bethany, I'm trying to lead you. And so 
Um, I really just kind of put it in the back burner and waited a long time. And I finally reached out to her. I was just like, okay, put me down for February. Um, and I, I just didn't have peace. Like, as soon as I said that, I'm like, why am I even doing this? I already know, like, this probably isn't going to be the path. Uh, but, you know, we're human and whatever. So I, and I didn't know, like, what the other option would be. I was really, like, trying to seek the Lord on it. And so um, I just, like, left it at that for a few weeks. And I was like, Lord, I just need you to speak to me about it. Like, I'm sick. I'm tired. I, I don't, I can't. I do not have a sound mind. This is all during the um, Trust Fall series. That was the time frame. So you guys know where I was at during that time. So I'm trying to make these decisions because, you know, if you don't get on somebody's list, like the second you conceive nowadays, you are going to be having an unassisted home birth (laughs) or, or, or you can pop into the ER or whatever, you know. Um, So I just kind of was really needing him to, to push me. So I didn't have that piece, and um, I thought, well, maybe it's, it's I don't know. So I started to talk through with one of my dear friends, Tiffany. She's, she's been on the podcast, our little voice recordings together, and she's wise, and um, she's gone before me in a lot of things. And, and I told her kind of like what I was feeling about it, and she's like, okay, it sounds like you need to like lean into that like really hard because you're having discernment. And I was like, okay. And I was like, I think maybe the thing is, is that I, I, I need to go with a different midwife. Um, just different times. These are different times. And the things that I need for this birth are so different than what I needed for Juniper. So I started to contemplate, okay, if I'm not going to go with Debbie, then who am I going to go with? Um, you know, it's slim pickings right now. And so I, I, I emailed a couple that, you know, I was like, yeah, this probably isn't going to work out, but I'll, I'll give it a little college try. And, um, and I just knew, I was just like, all right, Lord, like you're really pushing me somewhere. Where are you pushing me? And then I remembered, um, Rachel, who was going to be the assistant on my birth. Um, if, if, you know, everybody would have made it there in time, but she did make me an omelet right after I had Juniper and came and cleaned up, you know, from the birth and did laundry for me, which was so sweet. And she was spirit filled, loves the Lord. And I remember being so grateful. If you go back and listen to the redemption, um, series, I talk about her and it was just such a gift that the Lord sent somebody at the tail end of that journey who loved him, um, and ministered to my soul. And so, um, that was so precious to me. Um, so I, I reached out to her and she, you know, she was like on board with it. Um, and I kind of started to have kind of this, as I was about, I guess we were in chats before this. So before I fully spoke to her on the phone, like within the few days before, I kept hearing this name of this, brace yourself, you guys, OBGYN <laughs> in the area who loves the Lord, who has a legacy of praying with his patients. And um, I've heard a lot of really cool, miraculous stories with him. And, um, I just kept hearing his name and then 
that same week I ran into, I saw, I didn't actually chat with one of the girls that literally haven't seen this person in two years, see her from afar. Um, and in like so deep in my like crazy mind that I couldn't connect with her at that time. But, um, she is somebody who has used this doctor and her story is one that I kept thinking of. So when I saw her, I'm like, Lord, you gotta be kidding me. Like, okay. Like I can take a sign. Like you want me to maybe possibly reach out about this guy, about this doctor. And so at that point I was like, okay, I'm going to do like maybe like a double dip. I'm going to like do some like co-care kind of deal. Um, and Rachel, the midwife was like down for that. Um, and I even knew when I was formulating that, you know, it's like if I could just move quicker in obedience or like lean in harder, quicker, faster, you know, we could move along. The Lord could do more, you know, um, <clears throat> through me. But, you know, I'm prone to drag my feet. Um, <laughs> and so I I thought, okay, I'm going to need the Lord to be very clear. So I made the appointment with Rachel um, but then I also was like, okay, Lord, I went on a walk with him and I just said, if you want me to, um, make this appointment, I need you to be extremely clear. I'm on a walk with him and I'm just like, I, I need you to send me a sign. I need you to say, very clearly, like, yes, do this. So I'm asking that you will send a raven. And I said, okay, no, a crow, because I don't know what a raven looks like. And I don't even know if we have ravens here, but I was thinking of a biblical bird, um, to my front yard in the next two weeks. Okay. I made it so like rigid. And I said, Lord, I know that, um, you know, and before I asked him that, I'm just like, I love you. I just want to do what you want me to do. You know, my heart, my heart was so to just be on the path. It wasn't like, tell me, you know, it was like, I just, I just want like to do what you want me to do. Like, I don't really care. I think at this point where I'm at, which is crazy, right? Um, I just want to do what you want me to do. And I don't really know what that is. And so I felt like my heart was like pure and asking that. Um, I just looked at my microphone was unplugged and I was like, oh no. But then I realized I unplugged it. You guys, it sounds so much better. I don't know. I'll have to figure out the microphone thing. Um, anyways, so I said in two weeks, send a crow to my front yard. I think I just said yard, my front yard. I think it's said front yard. I am telling after this all came to pass and happened, I was telling Finley about it because anytime um, I see the Lord show up in my life in a tangible way, I always want to tell my kids if I can about it, Um, especially in this situation because, you know, they're all gearing up for another home birth. And if, you know, things are not, I don't want to tell you what happened just yet, but she was like, mom, it's like Gideon. And I was like, yes, sister. It's like Gideon. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So that's why you guys were in Judges 6. And this, you know, Judges is just a long, oh, it's just painful because it's a long list of the children of Israel doing evil and then God sending 
people to take them into captivity or over, you know, overtake them or, uh, you know, so at this point, you know, the Israelites are like sent into the mountains or living in caves. Um, Israel was greatly impoverished because they're not upholding their end of the deal. God is saying, all I want you to do is, is revere me as Lord. I am the Lord, your God. This is uh, Judges 6, 10. I am the Lord, your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites. Okay. Cause they've like all been dwelling together in whose land you're dwelling, but you have not obeyed my voice. All God is wanting. Oh, all he's wanting and all he has ever wanted is for, for us to be able to have fellowship with him. And to do that, we have to obey his voice. We have to repent. We have to leave our idols and stop dabbling in sin. Okay. And so, um, or at least repent for it when we do and allow him to come change our heart. And so here comes Gideon, the sixth judge. This is Judges six, and there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, um, an oak which was in um, Ophrah, that per, uh, pertained unto Joash the Abizarite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. So they're like trying to like get some food up in here. Here comes an angel of the Lord, just chillaxing under an oak tree. Love that. The angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Wow, that is really cool. And Gideon said unto him, Oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then has all of this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites? Have you ever felt like that? The Lord delivered you, and then all of a sudden you're like, why do I feel forsaken? What's happening? I have, and usually it points to sin in my life, something that I need to deal with. Not always, but a lot of the time. Okay, 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talks with me. (laughs) I love this story like all these stories of these human beings chatting with the God of all creation. And they're like, I need a sign. It takes me back to Abraham. And I just, I can't, I can't get enough of it. I love it because it's us, you guys, it's us. We're like, God tells us to do something. You know, the Lord's whispering to my heart. And then I'm like, but I need a sign. It's like, he's already said it. Do you believe him? You know, 
no, I need a sign. Okay. And here's what's so kind is that, well, let's keep reading. Let's see. Fifth, um, 18. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee and bring forth my present and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. Okay. And Gideon went in and made ready a kid and unleavened cakes of an um, um, ephah, ephah of flour. The flesh he put in a basket, and then he put the broth in a pot, and he brought it out unto him under the oak and presented it to him. So Gideon's like, don't leave yet before I give you a present. How sweet is that? Okay, so he bakes him food, an offering, a meal. All right, moving on, 20. The angel of God said unto him, take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And so he did. Then the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and unleavened cakes. And there rose up fire out of the rocks and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. That's so cool. I just love that. And then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. I, I mean, isn't that amazing? He took this staff in his hand and he touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And then he rose up. I mean, and then he consumed. I, I just think that's so cool. I just think he didn't have to do that. But like Gideon from his heart wanted to give an offering to the Lord. And then the Lord received it. Like, it's mind-blowing, honestly. This is Old Testament, you guys. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord's face to face. Wow, what a blessing. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. You know, because um, there was this great fear of the Lord because of, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, like that whole deal. So they're like, you know, am I qualified to see the Lord face to face or am I going to die? Uh, because that happened. Um, if there was some deals happening that shouldn't have been. And so that's why the Lord is like, don't be afraid. Like you're not going to die. You know, I'm here. You got, we got business to do. Um, 24. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day, it is yet in Ophrah of the Abyssalites. And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal, and thy father hath um, Baal that thy fa father hath, and cut down the grove that is by it. The Israelites set up all these groves, and um, we know Abraham planted a grove for the Lord, right? But a lot of those groves, those beautiful groves that were offerings to the Lord, then were turned into offerings for Baal and um, other false gods, and more were planted to serve uh, idols. And so there's a lot of a couple different kings. I can't remember. It was a Jeroboam. I don't remember. Um, just people that would come in every once in a while and clear house. Zachariah, maybe I don't remember. Um, and so I just love that, you know, here God is saying, okay, it's time. Like you're going to take um, 
you're gonna you're gonna throw down the altar for Baal you're gonna throw down this grove you're gonna take it all down and then you're gonna build me an altar and I see this you guys even like with Abraham you know it's like somebody has an encounter with the Lord and then he's like there's like a stakeholder like a a, a, a defining moment of worship where an altar is built this becomes holy ground right and from that point on it's like go time like the mission has begun like you've received your orders with thanksgiving in your heart and it's time to go and so here he is in 26 Gideon it says um oh the Lord says and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place and take this second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou shalt cut down then Gideon took 10 men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him and so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by day he did it by night can you imagine the Lord's like Go to your parents' house and cut down their <laughs> whatever, you know. I I understand why he had to do it by night. I get it. 28. And when the men of this city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it. And the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, Who has done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son that we that he may die, because he has cast down the altar of Baal, and because he has cut down the grove that was by it. And Joash said unto all that stood against him, Will you plead for Baal? Will you save him? He that will plead for him, let him be put to death while it is yet morning. If he be a God, let him plead for himself, because one hath cast down his altar. Interesting. Maybe Joash wasn't much of a bell believer after all. Therefore, on the day he called him Jerubbabel, saying, Let Baal plead against him, because he hath thrown down his altar. Then the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. Okay. Stay with me. 34. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and um, Abizar was gathered after him. And he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also were gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher and under Zebulun and Naphtali, and they came up to meet him. And Gideon said unto God, If that will save Israel... By mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, this is the part, you guys. I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou will save Israel by mine, by mine hand, as thou hast said. 38 says, and it was so, for he rose up early on the morrow, and he thrust the fleece together, and he wringed the dew out of the fleece, and a bowl full of water. 
And Gideon said unto God, let not thine anger be hot against me. Doesn't this sound so familiar, guys, Abraham? Don't be mad at me. (laughs) It says in 39, and Gideon said unto God, let not thine anger be hot against me. And I will speak but this once. Let me prove. Ooh, you guys know that. That's a word for me. I pray thee, but this, except this is probably the, this isn't the Lord proving. This is someone trying to prove the Lord, which is kind of intense. But this once with the fleece, let it now be dry. So he's saying the opposite, only upon the, the fleece. And upon the ground, let there be dew. Okay, so he's wanting to now test it out, but the opposite way, just to be sure. How many, how many of us have done that? The Lord like delivers, gives you the word, gives you the thing, confirms whatever. And then you're like, okay, but now let's try it this way. <laughs> Okay, but get this, 40 says, And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. How kind, how kind of the Lord. Like he works with our flesh. He works with us and helps us get to the place where we can step out in faith, right? Because this was a big deal. Gideon, you know, was going to have to go to war and it would be intense and like they you know, this story is actually so good. I'm not going to finish it um, because it's, 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 um, it's so good. You just need to go read it, move on to seven and finish reading what happens. But it's one of those stories where you can understand why Gideon, you know, really was seeking out so much confirmation from the Lord because it was a really big thing that they were against a huge army, and, and here's a little teeny-weeny army of Israel, you know, um, except they have, of course, the mighty hand of God. Um, and so, anyways, this is the story that comes to mind when I'm trying to make these decisions. So I walk out onto my porch the next day after asking the Lord for the crows, And you guys, I I, I kid you not, I sit down in my little chair, I look out, and within moments, there's crows upon crows upon crows flying all around. We we live in a cul-de-sac. My parents live across the street. So like from their house to our house, in our yard, in our trees, there's like 30 crows I, I had not seen crows at all at this point, um, at all, and I have not seen crows since, except for that day, um, except when I was telling one of my friends about this, a crow like flew past my windshield and almost ran into it. That was the only other crow I saw, and I just thought, well, that that's pretty clear, <laughs> so... I got up and I'm like, okay, well, I, I have to call and I have to make this appointment because now, you know, I, I've, I've heard from the Lord. 